Welcome to this late hour. A look at the world through the lens of scripture. I'm your host, Casey Knowlton. Hello everyone and welcome back to this late hour. As you know, we're going to be bringing the season in for a landing here for a close near the end of the year. But before we get to the end of this season, I wanted to make sure to come back and really put our eyes on our progress as a church with the Great Commission. And I didn't really see a better way of doing that other than bringing back on Douglas Cobb of the Finishing Fund to update us on their work of reaching the unengaged people groups of the world. In this update, Doug is going to make some really important distinctions for us between unengaged, unreached, and reached among the people groups uh, and related to our work with the Great Commission. And also in the coming weeks, I do hope to also connect with a couple of other gentlemen related to our work as a church on Bible translations as well as church planting around the world. So I really want to just focus in on this sort of 3B model that Doug Cobb mentioned in my original interview, uh, which is the Rick Warren model that basically suggests a good way to measure our progress with the Great Commission would be to look at how many uh, unreached groups have we reached, how many unengaged groups have we reached, if you will, Uh, where's our progress as far as Bible translations, and, and getting it written in every language of every tongue on the on the earth, and then also with uh, church planting, and do we have churches in, in every place on the earth? And so, uh, using this model as sort of a an outline or a, as our sort of our foundation, I'm going to be using that to go forward in how we look at our progress for the Great Commission, and with the guests I'm going to be bringing on, who were also recommended to me by Doug Cobb, related to these other two Bs, related to Bible translation and church planting. With all that said, let's get right into the update with Doug Cobb, related to the Finishing Fund and the progress that's being made with the Great Commission. my great pleasure to welcome Doug Cobb back to this late hour. Doug, how have you been? I've been doing great. Uh, it's uh, good to be back with you. Thanks for having me back. Well, I'm excited to do this update with you. And, you know, it's been a while since we spoke. I think it was February or March of this year that we last talked. Uh, we discussed your book. We discussed the finishing fund and a bunch of things on that show. And at that time, uh, if I remember correctly, there were about somewhere over 200 people groups left that had yet to be reached with the gospel under the umbrella of the finishing fund. I'm curious, as of today, where do those things currently stand? Well, uh, let's say that 200 number is pretty close to right. Um, we've launched uh, we've launched projects in about half of those groups. There's 101 groups remaining uh, where there is an ex- a project underway, but no fruit reported yet. So these would be, you know, brand new projects or projects that have just you know, uh, gotten folks deployed to the field and another 83 groups left that there are no, there's no active project for that. We're currently looking for the right way to 
to get those engaged. So my hope is, is that we'll see fruit in most of that 101, uh, you know, with this quarter set of reports, um, that would be really exciting. It would be what we've been, you know, would expect based on what God's been doing. And we hope uh, that we'll have projects launched on most of those 83. We're going to try by the end of the year, but I think it's more realistic to say by the end of the first quarter of next year. Uh, right now, we've got 80 of those 83 that we think we know who we'll work with on, only three left that you know we're, are still kind of a question mark. So God has continued to move. Um, his spirit is moving with power around the world. The gospel is breaking into places where it's never been heard, and, and we're getting close to the end of our list. That's awesome. Now, this uh, probably shouldn't have surprised me, given that uh, there tends to be disagreement about things in church. But as I was <laughs> discussing things with uh, my pastor and with some others, uh, you know, I was talking about just the, well, eschatological significance of this moment and nearing the end of this, the first B, as we have talked about before. And, uh, well, I got some pushback I didn't expect. And uh, basically, I was told there's some missionary organizations who have um, a different idea of concerning, you know, how many unreached groups there are. You know, some estimates I've heard over 7,000 groups left unreached. I wonder if you could clarify for us, like, why are some of these missionary groups listing the numbers as higher? And what is the cause of that discrepancy? So one, one answer to that is um, it, it's a question of terminology. And sadly, the words are close enough together that people tend to get them confused. So um, think about the world as having, uh, in terms of gospel engagement, three strata, three levels. So there's the reached world. That's where we live. Um, there's the unreached world. Those are people groups that have some but not many believers. Um, typically, uh, a group moves from being unreached to reached when uh, more than 2% are, are believers. So these would be people groups with some believers, but less than 2% of the total population. You know, some of those are enormous groups. Um, you know, one example I use is the Turks you know, 50, 60 million Turks in the world, who knows how many believers, maybe maybe five or 6,000, maybe 50 or 60, but I mean, a very, very small percentage. That would be a, an un, unreached group. And so like the number 7,000, that probably would be correct if you were talking about unreached. What we focus on in the finishing fund, what we have been focusing on is the unengaged. That would be the, the very bottom level of that three uh, level stack. And the unengaged are people groups that um, there are where there are no believers, there are no churches, there's no gospel witness at all, uh, and you know sadly there's not even an effort underway uh, to get to them. And so what our focus has been has been to eliminate that bottom level of the stack to take us from a world where there are reached, unreached, and unengaged to a world where they're just reached and unreached. That's, uh, that's not the end of the job. Uh, we keep working till Jesus comes back, but it's a big deal uh, because it means the gospel has gotten to every people group. Now, there are also different sources of data about which groups are unengaged and which are not. We work with the data set that comes from the Southern Baptist International Mission Board as filtered through finishing the task, FTT. So, uh, we kind of came out of FTT, and so we stayed with that list. That's the one that we have continued to work with. There's another data set that comes from a great ministry called the Joshua Project. I have the highest regard for those guys, really committed to great data. And there's just some differences of, of um, I guess, you know, philosophy about how groups should be considered between IMB and, 
Joshua Project that causes their list to be a little different. So, um, you know, we think both are good. You have to pick one kind of because it's different, um, different methodologies, and, and we work with the IMB. Do you have any idea based on, because uh, actually that 7,000 number for Unreach would have been the Joshua Project. Do you know what they consider um, unengaged, what that number looks like on their end? Do you have any idea? They don't technically do it that way. They have levels of engagement. Um, I, I, and I guess you I guess you could look at their, you know, their very bottom level uh, to see. But I, I don't know what that number is off the top of my head. Well, concerning sort of the different levels and things, last time we spoke, we did talk about, you know, Rick Warren's model concerning yep. completion of the Great Commission, known as the, the three Bs. He argues that when we see believers in every people group, Bibles in every language and bodies of believers or churches, in every major area, we will have confidence we've reached the finish line of the Great Commission. So do you have any insight into the progress on either of those other two Bs, you know, whether it be the Bible translations or the church planning? Well, um, you know, we we do know a lot of people that are working on those goals and, um, you know, really have high regard for them. I, I think you've had Todd Peterson maybe on the podcast. He's working hard on the second B, the, the uh, Bible translation. You know that those guys have set 2033 as their goal to have scripture in every language. Um, probably for some that will be story sets, not tra- translated books. But I, you know, I, I, in my opinion, the difference between having 30 or 50 or 100 stories in your language and having no scripture in your language is the difference between night and day. You know, we never want to let the best be the enemy of the good. And, you know, story set translation is is very, very good for those those people groups. You know, it's probably worth mentioning when we talk about that, too, that even today, it's probably the case that um, the vast, the very, very strong high majority of people in the world have access to scripture in some language that they understand even if it's not in their heart language, um, because most people in the world outside of the United States are bilingual, often trilingual. Um, and so uh, while they won't have it in their heart language, the language that they learned uh, sitting on their mother's knee, uh, they will have it in a language that they use and understand and are able to, you know, to process well. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, far down the road on scripture and have more work to do. But those guys have set 2033 as their, as their goal on the, the third B church planting. You know, I think that's the one that probably keeps going until Jesus returns. He'll tell us when we're done. But the idea there is to, is to put the gospel, put, put a community of believers in every habited place on the planet. So some people talk about it like every village uh, every place. Some people say within walking distance of every person on the planet. Some people say, uh, you know, a, one a church for every thousand people. There's different ways that that's expressed in different um, networks and ministries. But you know, the basic idea is let's keep going until until there's a church within uh, every person on the planet has access to a church. And actually, that's um, kind of becoming our 2.0 focus for the finishing fund. We've been heavily focused on the first B. Uh, believers in every people group. But as we said, we're getting closer and closer to that finish line. So without leaving that aside, we stay you know, committed to that. We're beginning to talk about how we might help ministries with um, saturation church planting models and you know, seeing the church planted in every place within some geography, a, a district, which is like a county in the U.S. or a state 
maybe even a country for some small countries. So yeah, we're we're moving toward that goal and very eager to, you know, to try to help make that happen as well. Yeah, that's great. So kind of a finishing fund 2.0 then. Yeah, that's that's what we're calling it actually is is finishing fund 2.0. It it's the same fund. It's going to be, you know, the same partners plus new partners. Uh, but it's just a kind of a, a change in in focus as we have gotten close to the finish line. God just has not really given us permission to stop, has encouraged, I, you know, through a number of people has encouraged us to keep going. And so uh, that's our plan. Now, speaking of uh, not being at the finish line yet, so we you kind of mentioned this earlier, but as far as the unengaged groups, which is kind of the primary focus for right now, what what do you see as the progress of that? And, and uh, when do you hope to have people in uh, within these communities of of unengaged, like what's the sort of time frame on that? Well, it's a big deal to you know to say that we have projects underway in all of them. So you know, I hope that will be sometime in 2023 that we will be able to say we have projects underway. Then there's verification. There's the actual you know uh, execution of the project. Some things don't work. Probably we'll have to start over in a few places. So it'll probably take us a couple or three years until you know we can say with high confidence that um, we know that there are you know established churches in in all of these places with you know Jesus followers. There's a couple, to be honest with you, brother, that I don't know how we get to without God's miraculous intervention. The kind of the classic one is the Sentinelese people on North Sentinel Island in the Indian Ocean. That's the place where that young man, John Chow, was killed a few years ago when he went there to tell them about Jesus. That's what they do to people who come to their place. They kill them. And so uh, how we get that done, I don't know. Um, but I am confident that God knows. And mm. all we have to do is, you know, uh, figure out what he has in mind and and then, it'll, then it will get done. Well, that's one of the great things about this type of work is seeing how God will come in and do these miraculous things of, of you know, places and people where... There is no other way. And it's one of the great things God loves to do is to, to rescue, to come in and to do these miraculous things. I, I feel like a guy who's who's um, taped his his football team in a game that really matters and is watching the game on tape delay. But somebody told me the final score. So when my team fumbles uh, late in the fourth quarter, you know, I'm not too worried about it because I know we win. I, I know <laughs> what the final score looks like. It's there right there in Revelation chapter seven. And so. Uh, you know, when we have setbacks, when we don't know how to move ahead with something, uh, we just trust God, we pray, we wait, and we see what what He provides. And it, it's been pretty remarkable uh, how He has continually made a way. It, my, my sense is that, uh, Casey, that, that God is just really urgent to see this work completed and um, is moving with great power through His Spirit in the world to, you know, to see it get accomplished. It's amazing what trusting in God will do. <laughs> you know, I, I say in my book that the promises of God are the most real thing we know, uh, because there is no chance, there is no chance that God will not keep a promise if he has made it. He, he declares that in scripture, you know, it, is God a man that he would lie or a son of man that, you know, he, he would, you know, he says, has he, has he spoken and not done it? Has he promised and not fulfilled? And the, the promise is uh, that there will be men and women from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation, and I am confident that that will be true. Yeah, amen. Kind of a logistical question, just to clear up some confusion uh, that may be, exist on this end, but um, as far as just uh, the parameters for giving to the Great Commission work of the Finishing Fund, so uh, for instance, I've 
you know, kind of um, advertised the UUPG fund, the Unreached People's Groups. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if people give to the Unreached People Group Fund, are they supporting the same work? They are. Um, our ministry partner who runs that fund bundles up those contributions and sends them to us. They've got the infrastructure to be able to do the receding and, uh, you know, the back end for that. We don't have that. And so, um, yeah, they, they take that burden off of us. But yes, they transfer those funds to us a couple of times a year and it goes into the same pot where we uh, with the with the money we raise from our our direct partners. Now, if I'm not mistaken as well, so, you know, direct donors to the fishing fund would be like large financial sums, large gifts, and then yes. um, UPG would be any amount. Is that right? Yes. We, we created the finishing fund um, explicitly at the beginning with a kind of what I call a major donor focus. And that's not because we don't value and appreciate people who would love to be a part of what we're doing. But, you know, the larger the donor base gets, the more complicated um, the the ministry becomes. And so the, the original vision was that, you know, with a few hundred donors, um, we could raise enough money to complete the, you know, the finishing fund 1.0 goal. And that has proven to be true. I think we're at 193 donors now, um, you know, partners, we call them to the fund. And those people have put up um, close to $19 million. So, you know, um, they, they've been writing big checks and that creates, you know, that, that has a, that's a manageable load for the very small staff that we have, which is me and one other brother, Mark Homschuld, who does a lot of our project oversight work. So, um, so, you know, we don't want to feel like we're elitists or, you know, telling people that they don't count if they can't give a big gift. We've just created this because we're trying to pursue administrative simplicity in the fund. Sure. Well, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask this because uh, many people love to hear these stories. But we, I was wondering, do you have any more stories you could share from the field related to the gospel first coming to uh, an unengaged people group? I, I can't name the group, uh, but I will. I can. I'll name the country for you. Uh, I, I in June went to the country of Ethiopia, which is in East Africa. Uh, went there with um, uh, Eric Larson, who runs mm. New Covenant Missions. They have been an excellent ministry partner for the Finishing Fund, and we went to see a particular people group um, in a remote part of that country. I, I won't describe exactly where. Uh, where um, we had been told that there had been uh, several mi miracles of healing that had accompanied the gospel coming to this this group. This is a group that is a uh, where since well for a thousand more than a thousand years every single person would have been a, a Muslim. There would never have been a Christian in this place. There had never even been Christians go to these these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, the ministry had worked on that for a while uh, and had really seen no fruit, had not been able to break in and finally decided they would do a medical team to go. And they organized that medical team to go to the place. And that was a great blessing to these people. Uh, but while they were there, a couple of, of young girls who had been blind had their sight restored, not by the doctors, but by the prayers that people, uh, you know, received before they saw the doctors. Um, and I was able to go and hear those stories firsthand from the the people in that in that place. Not only that, but I learned that um, some people who had been uh, oppressed, uh, demonically oppressed, uh, had been delivered during the time of that of that intervention. But 
I heard another thing that I don't know why I think this is more remarkable. Maybe it's not, but it seemed pretty remarkable to me that our team leader told us that uh, when he first walked into the village uh, with the medical team, they kind of just showed up. There, there, there they are. Several people came up to him from that place and said, I know you. I saw your face in a dream last night. And in my dream, uh, I was told that you would be bringing good things to us. And that when I heard that, I hadn't heard that before. When I, I heard that while I was there, and I just kind of amazed me, like you know how much God is willing to go ahead of us to, you know, equip uh, to make it possible for us to do the things that we that we do. So in this place now, um, in this people group, where until two or three years ago there had never been a single Christian, there's now more than 150 people who have called on the name of Jesus. About more than 15 of them have been baptized. Uh, and the gospel is, um, you know, breaking into that to that group, and so, you know, that's kind of the kind of thing we see around the world. The Holy Spirit, like I say, is working with with power, especially in Muslim places. He works wonders because often those are, you know, kind of power encounters where there needs to be a demonstration of the power of the the real true God, and uh, and you know, we get to hear stories like that from all over the place. Exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and I think we hear one, you know, one thing in a hundred or maybe one in a thousand that happened. There's almost certainly many things that we don't hear, but even the small number we get to hear are so, so inspiring. It is. So if people, uh, you know, decide to uh, support Finishing Fund through UUPG or, or wherever it may be, uh, how can they um, be a part of the updates, the partner briefings? How, what would they do to, in order to, to get that? Yeah, so uh, the, the partner briefings are posted to our website in a secure area. There's a password for our partners to go look at them. We also pass those along to our partner who runs the UUPG uh, site, and he th they update folks who contribute through that site, um, you know, directly. So uh, with a kind of a, a little bit of a condensed version of the um, you know, the, the full reports. We have to be kind of careful about that because in the same way in the story I just told you, you know, we, we can't be, uh, we have to be sure that the people who are receiving those reports are on our team and, you know, are going to keep them confidential. It, it uh, wouldn't be beyond some parts of the world for the government or for some religious leaders to try to break in and figure that out. And that would be really bad for our workers and for the new believers. So, um, yeah, yeah, we we take care to make sure that's right. But yes, if you contribute either way, you'll be a part of the of the reporting cycle. Absolutely, and yeah, I would just recommend to the this late hour community to continue to pour prayers over the finishing fund and uh, you know for protection and safety over these uh, these briefings and over the missionaries and over the whole thing because uh, what God's doing is amazing, really is. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That that's you know we it really is a spiritual battle. We have an enemy. He's losing territory. He knows that's true. I suspect he knows what happens when his territory is fully gone. And um, he doesn't want that. And so he's going to do everything he can to thwart and to discourage. And, you know, the good news is, is that we are promised that he who is in us is greater than he who that is in the world. And so we, we you know, we persevere, but we can use all the prayers we can get. Yes. Well, and uh, we will definitely be offering those up to the Lord. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Are there any other updates you wish to share before we close our update? 
You know, I, I just would share with people, um, you know, I, I, maybe it comes through in the other things I've said, but I, I tell people all the time that this finishing fund experience has been for me the most faith building experience of my life. You know, not only the things that I see that God is doing around the world um, and, you know, to expand his kingdom, to make his kingdom worldwide, but, you know, the way that he has answered my prayers for providing the partners that we need and the funding that we need to be able to do the the work. Um, you know, there's problems and difficulties and some things don't work as well as we'd like. I mean, we have to manage that. That's part of life in a fallen world. But God has just been incredibly gracious. And so I just want to testify to his goodness and his faithfulness, his generosity. And, uh, you know, just share that with folks that, you know, we have a God who hears our prayers and and provides for what we need. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Doug, it's been great having you back on. Thanks for the update. And I look forward to doing it again. And maybe I don't look forward to it because maybe if there's not another update, that will mean we've all been taken up into the, into the Lord's hands. Yeah. See you in the air, brother. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> right. All right, Doug. Thanks so much. You bet. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed this update today with Doug Cobb of the Finishing Fund. Don't forget that you can still get a copy of his book, and then the end will come on Amazon or through the book's website. I will link that in the show notes, along with links to the Ministry of the Finishing Fund as well as the UUPG. There's no show next week as we break here in the states for the Thanksgiving holiday. Before season two ends, I will be looking into the church's progress related to Bible translations into every language, along with worldwide church planting efforts. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please give the show a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have questions or comments, please send me an email at thislatehourpodcast at gmail.com or visit our Twitter at Casey Knowlton or the Facebook page This Late Hour. Thank you so much for joining me for this 14th episode of Season 2 of This Late Hour. Stay on the alert, dear Christian. Until next time, God bless. You have been listening to This Late Hour. Your contribution helps pay our fees, improve our equipment, and build better content. It is my hope that your continued support of our show may bring future interviews and exclusives. Our goal is to always be improving our show so that the church may be strengthened in our mission to bring salt and light to this present darkness. May God richly bless you.